So last week we left off going through the creed. When the creed ends, we say amen. Uh, as we, uh, did you notice that everybody said amen during the reading? Did you realize that? Did you catch that? Whoops. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was great. I was like, everybody's, uh, that's the Catholic response. Glory, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, anyway, so after the amen, uh, we have what's called the universal prayer. And this is where, now that we've moved, we're moving from the, the liturgy of the word to the liturgy of the Eucharist, we want to remember everyone. We want to remember and, and bring with our own hearts all of the intentions of the whole world. And so we have the universal prayer to pray for everyone. There are five basic petitions that happen within the universal prayer. There might be more, but there's five basic petitions. The first is for the church. The second is for our nation or the government, because we know they need prayers. That landed better at the vigil mass. <laughs> uh, the third one is for those who are in need, the poor, the suffering, the downtrodden, the lost, the broken. The fourth is for ourselves, because God knows we need prayers too. And then the fifth is for those who have died. Now, there might be other petitions, but those are kind of the main thrust. And in those, we pray for everyone. Now, we're not going to be able to cover every single petition that is ever needed. But we don't need to. Because we are one parish in 110 parishes in the Archdiocese of New Orleans and one diocese in thousands of dioceses throughout the world. One mass, lots of masses. So we're, we're trusting that the rest of the church is praying for the rest of the church and the rest of the people of God. Make sense? And then after that, we sit down. Or you sit down. I, I, I got stuff to do. But you, you sit down. Now, when I was in high school, uh, uh, and I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on in the Mass, this, was, this felt like intermission. Right? I'm not doing anything. There's some music being played. You know, my dad will give his, 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 uh, his little envelope to the collection, and I can just kind of sit and wait until I have to stand again and say something so I can check out. And it can easily like feel like that. But in fact, this is one of the most important parts interiorly for us of the Mass. Because there's a lot going on in the symbolism. There's a lot going on that, that when we pay attention, it like our minds get blown. So you ready? Everybody got their cloth so they can clean off the brains from the person in front of them? So, no? Okay, yeah. Okay. So there's three things that, that happen concurrently first, right? I go up to set the altar. The, the, the action of the liturgy moves from the ambo to the altar the place where the sacrifice is going to happen. So I set the altar. While I'm setting, setting the altar, 
the ushers are taking up the collection. Now, the collection is the fruit of your work. Whether that's that you're still working or that you've worked enough and you now have a retirement. But it's the fruit of your work and the fruit of your generosity. Now, that money that you give, I promise you, I'm not taking that money. I mean, I get, I get a salary because like, I need to pay gas and food and, and, some, and other things. But that money primarily goes to the air conditioning, to the water, to the energy, to the, the other salaries that we pay in the parish. That also goes to furthering the mission and the action of the parish. I'll talk about one of those things in the announcements at the end. But all of that is intended to build up and strengthen the parish. Now, I'm not going to make this homily about money, but I do have to say, if you probably notice in the bulletin, our regular average collection is between $2,800 and $3,200 a week. And you might also notice that at the bottom it says, to make ends meet, we need $5,000 a week. Now, I'm not asking you to give $1,000 a week. But if every single person, and we have about 200 people coming to Mass every weekend, if every family gave $5 more, that's it. One cup of coffee from Starbucks. We want to be able, I, I want to keep this parish going. And we're not in, in a place right now that we have to worry about that right now. But if we don't continue to, 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 to do something, we could put ourselves in that place in five, seven, ten years down the road. And some of you are like, I'll be dead by that point. So, I won't. <laughs> a lot of other people here won't. <laughs> so I encourage you just to, to be generous. And I, I will talk more about money. Um, I've been giving these homilies, and so I don't want to abuse your time. Uh, but I, I do, in the beginning of January, we'll, we'll go through our finances. And I'll talk about what we're using the money and how we're using it and what we need and how that's going to work. Um, and I'll go into greater detail with regards to that. If you have any questions right now, though, give me a ring. Sit down and talk with you. We can have a cup of coffee here, not at Starbucks. <laughs> um, save the $5. You can give it to the parish. <laughs> anyway. And then there's also music going on. Now, this music isn't some sort of like interlude like, so that it can distract us because we don't have anything to do. No, the music is intended to prepare our hearts for sacrifice. The gifts are being prepared to be offered. The music is trying to help us to offer ourselves. And so when we're able to enter into that, whether interior, inter, certainly interiorly for everyone, exteriorly for most everybody, through the singing, we can allow that to be this opportunity to prepare our hearts for gift. 
After I set the altar, sit down, and then I'll come up, and then, then people bring up the gifts. And they bring up bread and wine and the collection. Now, the bread and wine were purchased because of the collection. Like, you, the, the, you purchased that. You're the ones that gave us the money for that and allowed us to be able to do that. So that is the fruit of your work. Right there before us. But there's much more going on. There's a reason that we choose people from the congregation, not the ministers themselves, not the ushers, but people from the congregation to bring up the gifts. Because they represent the whole congregation. I want to I share something with you. Um, and it's a quote from Pope Benedict. He says, In the bread and the wine that we bring to the altar, all creation is taken up by Christ the Redeemer to be transformed and presented to the Father. All of creation is being brought up by those, symbolized by those gifts. For all creation to be transformed and redeemed by Christ. Not just that bread and the wine, which will soon become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, of God. But he's, all creation is being brought up. But not just that. He continues, in this way, we also bring to the altar all the pain and suffering of the world. In the certainty that everything has value in God's eyes. What? So what's being brought up isn't just all of creation, but it is all of, all of the whole world's pain and suffering. That Christ may redeem it, that Christ may transform it. It's also all of your desires, all of your hopes, all of your dreams, all of your suffering, all of your pain, all of your joy, all of the good things that happened this week, and all of the crappy stuff that happened this week. All of that is being brought up so that Christ can make it new, just as he turns bread and wine into his body and blood. He can turn our brokenness into glory. And the bread and wine that is being brought up not only symbolizes that, but it sacramentalizes it. It makes it real. You see why it's so important for us to be paying attention? right? Because when they're being brought up, our, on our hearts and our minds are those things that happen throughout the week. That's why I continued at the beginning to encourage you to prepare yourself for the Mass so that when the Mass comes, you're ready to like, Lord, I, I want to give you this. I want to give you this. There's, my neighbor just will not cut their tree properly. I give, I give them to you, Lord. Right? My child will not listen to me. I give them to you, Lord. Right? Whatever. This awesome thing happened this week. Something hit me. With regards, because we don't just bring our sorrows, we also bring our joys, the glories. See, when we allow God to consecrate our joy, it remains much deeper. Because it has been blessed, it has been made holy. 
It's not just for that fleeting moment, but he can allow that to last for much longer, to dwell in the midst of that gift, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So the, 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 the people that are bringing up the bread and the wine are bringing all of that up. No pressure for those that are doing that today. <laughs> but there really isn't. There really isn't. It's, it's, it's more like a gift. Like you have the opportunity to represent the whole of creation and every sorrow and every joy of the whole congregation of the whole church. Now it's brought up. And I receive it as Christ. Acting in the person of Christ, I receive the whole world and all of its suffering and all of its joy and all of the stuff that the, the stuff that you have brought this week. Christ receives that. And he says that I will take it upon myself. He does on the cross. And I will transform it just as I will the body, the, the bread, and the wine. And then it's brought up to the altar. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> It's like, what's happening next? And then we'll begin the series of prayers. Now, now, normally you don't hear these prayers because there's music going on. And so I want to share them with you. Some of these are prayers that if there wasn't music, I'd be saying out loud. And others that I would be, that are called secret prayers. It's not because like, ooh, I have a little secret. <laughs> right? But rather, these are prayers that are said under the breath of the priest as this like reminder of his own prayer. Right, that I'm, 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 as I spoke about a little bit early, I'm both the bride and the bridegroom. I'm still a member of the church, <laughs> but I'm also acting in the person of Christ. And so I sit in this weird place as a priest of having to, to like be both, to receive his glory, but also to give it. So I start, or the priest will start, lifting up the patent with the host on it. It'll say, blessed be the Lord, God of all creation. For through, for through the, your goodness, we have received the bread we offer you. Think about that. The bread that we have is because he gave it to us. In fact, everything that we have, all of those things that we brought up are because he gave them to us. Now, it might be hard, and it's, I, this is a whole different homily. This is books have been written about this. But even our suffering is a gift to him, from him. Because it's an opportunity for us to unite ourselves to his salvific act. So whatever we have, whatever we have been given, we give it back to him. That's why I encourage you to sing. He gave you a voice. Give it back to him. It's his problem if it's bad, not yours. Everything that we have received, we give back to him. 
Through your goodness, we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. It will be transformed into, from something simple, something ordinary, into something glorious. And that's what he wants to do with all of our lives. And then if you would hear me say that, your response would be in this, this um, exclamation, blessed be God forever. And then I'll pour the wine into the chalice. And then you'll see me pour a little bit of water into the chalice. And I'm praying a secret prayer, or the deacon. If there's a deacon here, the deacon would do that. And there's a secret prayer, a little tiny prayer that's being said, but it's awesome prayer. You ready for this? The priest of the deacon prays, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. So if you want to look at the wine as, as God and us as the water, what he does is he wants to make us like himself, which he has already done by virtue of our creation, but he wants to bring that to fulfillment. He wants to make us like himself in glory. And so we ask him to do that. Y'all, like, this is really exciting. Like, we get to be lifted up. He wants to pull us out of our misery. <clears throat> pull of us out of our pain. Pull us out of our suffering. And he wants to bring us into new life. Yes! And all of that is happening in this little bit of prayer. And then, and then the priest will lift up the chest and he say, Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness, we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. That it too will be transformed from something merely physical to something that will be spiritual. <clears throat> Transformative. And then the priest, I pray a second secret prayer. And this prayer is both for myself and for you. After that happens, you'll see me bow. And that's when I'm praying the prayer. And I mumble it to myself. This is what I pray. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord. And may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you. I recognize that whatever gift that we give, even, even though what God has given us is good, whatever gift that we give is imperfect, broken, lazy, half-walked. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not always fully there. And I recognize that in, in our humility and in our, our, our sorrow for our sin but we ask for him to accept that broken gift. Just like a, a parent is going to receive the art of a child that's three years old. Which, let's be honest, the art of a child at three years old, if there is a shape 
it's a face or a flower, but it's usually just color, 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 color. But the beauty is in the gift, not the, the, the giving, rather than the gift itself. And that's what we have. That's what we're given to the Lord. Scribble scratch. But he receives it. And he transforms it. And he turns it into to Da Vinci. To Van Gogh. And then after we pray that, that after I pray that secret prayer, I pray a third secret prayer. I will turn and I'll wash my hands. And there's two things that are happening in that. First is a reminder calls us back to Pontius Pilate. Again, to remind me, the priest, in my own brokenness, that I participated in his suffering. I was part of the cause of that by my sin. And I too condemned him, as did Pilate. And the prayer that I pray, wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, as I'm washing my hands, reminds me of that. But there's a second thing that happens. If you remember, when we go all the way back to the Hamibad architecture and talked about the holy water fonts, and that when a priest enters into the sanctuary, he washes his hands before he offers the sacrifice. Again, that's what's happening. It's this, this little physical preparation for the, the entering into the sacrifice of the altar. And then you'll stand. And I'll say, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Notice, I say my sacrifice because it's the sacrifice of Christ here on the altar in an unbloody manner. The same sacrifice that was the cross. But in a way that we can't see. But not only this sacrifice, which transforms the world, but yours. You make a spiritual sacrifice to the Father of your very self to give to him. My sacrifice and yours. That all of it may be acceptable. And here's the thing. If we give him all, he will receive everything and transform it. He will bless it. And then your response, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all the church. Here you are, praying again, not just for yourself, but for the whole church. It's this reminder that we never do anything alone, and we cannot do anything alone. It is not in our nature as human beings to even enter into a relationship with Christ by ourselves. We might have a personal relationship with him, but we also, it is necessary for us to have a communal relationship with him. And the first and primary way that we experience that is here in the celebration of the Mass. So I invite you, as the gifts are being brought up today, Look at them and, and recognize in them 
whatever you had going on this week. Maybe you had an awesome week. You really enjoyed your week and it was a blessing and you didn't have anything going on. Maybe your week was the worst week ever and you're glad for it to be over and you can watch a Saints game where they might win. If not, you can at least enjoy the outside, maybe, maybe cook some gumbo, have a barbecue, sit outside and have a good conversation. But bring all that, let it bring all that to him. Let him consecrate it. Let him bless it. Let him make it holy. I have no doubt that whatever happens this week, you'll be able to bear it a little bit better. That's part of the whole point. That's why the church demands that we come every week. Because we need this.